church. Thank you for those of you that are watching online. You had other options too. You could have clicked on a different website, but you clicked on this one. Why? Because God assigned you here, and now we're ready to release the Word. So it is uh, just a few days before Christmas, and, and this Friday uh, is Christmas, and we're going to celebrate Christmas. And I know that 2020 hasn't been the year that many of you expected. Nobody really expected 2020 to be like, like it has been. And so, but despite the challenges, despite the craziness, you know what? People still want some gifts. Say amen to that. People still want some gifts. People are still going to spend money. And in the United States, especially in the United States, Christmas has been commercialized to the point where sometimes people forget what Christmas is all about, and it's all about toys and gifts and the new Xbox and the new PlayStation and the new this and the new that, and, and, and Amazon sales are skyrocketing, and even though the malls are closed, people are still buying, and all this kind of stuff. And so I, I did some research, and uh, the average shopper in the United States is going to spend $851 on gifts this Christmas season, and that's down from the $976 that they spent last year. However, that could change on Monday because of the stimulus. You know what I'm saying? So, so the stimulus could happen this week, and then people could spend that money real quick. And really what, what the point is that during Christmas season, everything is focused on retail sales and the economy and the buying of gifts and going here and going there, and Christmas has become about stuff. Say stuff. Like, what can I get? Or where am I going? Can I get this? And can I get that? And you have a laundry list. You know what I'm saying? And people come to God like they go to Santa Claus. <laughs> and they say, God, God, give me, give me, give me. You know, and can I have this? And can I have that? And so sometimes we forget what Christmas is about. And watch this, coronavirus, COVID-19, has not stopped people's desires to give gifts or to receive gifts. And so uh, as I was thinking about Christmas season and as, as I was thinking about gifts, um, I thought about the five love languages that Dr. Gary Chapman talks about in his book on the five love languages. How many of you are familiar with that? The five love languages, right? And so a lot of us know what our love language is. And so he said that there's five love languages. There's five different ways that people kind of receive love. One is words of affirmation. Two is quality time. Three is physical touch. Four is active service. And then five is receiving gifts. And, it, and, it, and it's almost like in this season that everybody is number five, you know. In this season, everybody's all about the gifts, regardless of whether or not, you know, that's really your love language or not. People get fixated on gifts, and I like gifts too. So as I was, I was praying about this, and I said, okay, Lord, why do we like gifts so much? Like, I'm a gadget guy. Uh, people that know me know that I pretty much have every gadget. Anything that comes out, I get it. And my kids are happy because they pretty much get everything that, you know, once I get something new, it gets passed down to them. And they get passed down some good stuff. So I'm a gadget guy. And I pretty much buy, you know, pretty, anything that comes out. But when somebody goes out of their way to get me something, it really blesses me. And so I was asking, Lord, 
give me, give me some reasons why that, that gifts kind of impact us on so many levels. And, and there are levels and levels to this, right? And like the young people say, there's levels to this. So there's levels to this. So I, I, as I was in, in meditation and prayer, I wrote down four reasons why gifts impact us so much. And then I'm going to get into the message. So four reasons why gifts impact us so much. Number one, I believe that gifts impact us so much. Number one is because it shows you as the receiver that the giver had you on their mind. It, 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 it tells the receiver that the giver had you on their mind, that somebody Shawana was actually thinking about you, right? right? That they actually spent time thinking about you. And that's important because in today's age, we all have more tasks than time. Right? Even with coronavirus and COVID-19, it's almost like we've been busier this year, right? I mean, you've been on all these Zoom calls, Google Meet calls, WebEx calls. It's like calls after calls after calls. And so if you get a gift from somebody with your name on it, it comes in the mail. It, it tells you that somebody went out of their way and they were thinking about you. And we all want to be appreciated. Every one of us want to know that somebody cares about us, that they think about us, that they love us, and that they appreciate us, right? Number two, as I was writing down... Uh, depending on the gift, uh, number two, another reason why gifts are impactful on many levels is because depending on the gift, it shows that the person who gave you the gift, that they understand you. That they understand you. That they took the time to think about you like, what does he really like? What does she really like? When you get a thoughtful gift, it's not really about the amount, it's not about the cost. When you get a thoughtful gift and you go like, wow, this person really understands me. Like they took the time to think about what's important to me. They did the research. Maybe they called my wife. They called somebody else. They made, they made some phone calls. They went on your Instagram. They checked out what you like. They, they followed you. They maybe made some, had some conversations and you didn't even know that they were talking to you about something that they were doing some research so that they could get you the right gift. Number three, another reason why we like gifts so much is because when we get a gift, like a real gift though, like a, a gift, when we get a real gift, number three, is not tied to anything. And that's real important today, and let me explain why. And, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. But number three is really important because it's not tied to anything. You know why that's important? Because for us, a lot of us today, we're dealing with interactions every day where it's quid pro quo. Where all day it's like, hey, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. Hey, hey, I need you to do this. And remember, I did that for you. And it's all of this give and take. It's all of this give and take. It's only people are coming to you. Matter of fact, you're making exchanges all day, right? You go online, you make an exchange. You're trading money for something. Or you go to the gas station, you're trading money for gas. You're making exchanges, right? So I'm saying, I'm giving you this and you give me that. I'm giving you this and you give me that. And when you have a gift, like a real gift, where somebody's saying, no, I'm giving you something, but I don't want anything in return, like... All of a sudden, that, that it hits you on a different level. It's like you slow down for a minute. You're like, man, wow, this person actually wants to be a blessing to me. Watch this. No strings attached. Wants to be a blessing to me with no strings attached. And today, that's really important because in this world, in this world, it seems like people have ulterior motives. And so when somebody wants to be a blessing to you and they don't want nothing in return, and it's a real gift, a no kidding. No, no, I just want to be a blessing to you. Oh, wow. And you know what? That's so strange today, right, Kenneth? That's so strange that when, we, that when people do it today, sometimes people have a hard time receiving. I'm talking about people that give, give, give. Sometimes they have a hard time receiving 
because they know how to give, but they don't know how to receive. They don't know how to receive from somebody that just wants to be a blessing. I'm not asking for anything in return. I just want to bless you. Why? Because I want to bless you. Can you stop and just accept it? And sometimes people have a hard time receiving a gift because they just want to be a blessing. So, so when somebody does want to be a blessing to you and you receive it, sometimes you sit back and you think about it, you contemplate it, you meditate on it, and you're truly blessed by it because they were genuine in that desire. Say amen to that. All right, lastly, number four, and I told you I'm going somewhere. That number four, the last one is, because there's levels to this, another reason why gifts are so impactful, sometimes it just boils down to who gave you the gift. Sometimes it just boils down to the person, the giver of the gift. It's like, you know, like I've shared with you before that, that um, not everybody's words matter, right? You have to give people license to speak into your life. So like, for example, Apostle Tony, he's my spiritual father. So his words matter to me. His words carry weight. They carry value. So if, if Apostle Tony comes to me and says, I'm disappointed, man, I'm, I'm going to be crushed. Right? I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to be crushed to the point where Isabella's going to have to probably minister to me. I mean, that might take a while for me to get over that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if dad just texted me and said, son, I'm disappointed. Dog. I mean, like, that would destroy me. Now, if somebody else did it, psh, forget you, forgot you, never thought about you, right? Right? Because it doesn't matter. Like, those, those words don't matter. But it does matter when it's somebody that I value. Watch this. Watch this. Sometimes it just matters because of the person that gave you the gift. It doesn't even matter what they gave you. It's just the person, the fact that they did it, the fact that they went out of their way to give you a gift. I remember my mom. My mom, look, we grew up. We didn't have a lot. My mom was a single mother. My sister's actually watching right now, so my sister can attest to this. My mom didn't have a lot of money. So my mom, she would buy me one pair of sneakers every year, one pair of sneakers. And I remember, so when I got robbed, that when I was 11 years old, um, I got placed in the school for the gifted and talented. They came to my mom and said, hey, your son can either skip the sixth grade or he can go to this school for the gifted and talented. She should have let me skip the grade. But she put me, she put me in this school for the gifted and talented, and I had to go from East New York, Brooklyn, to downtown Wilson and Green, downtown Brooklyn. But not like on a yellow school bus, no, public bus. So I'm 11 years old, getting on a real, like, public bus, two buses to get to school, two buses to come home. So on the fourth day, like that first Thursday of the new school year, I had blue and white, suede Adidas with the fat laces. I'm, I don't know about y'all. I don't know about y'all. But like the fat laces, we used to put starch on them, iron the laces. I mean, in New York, we took this very seriously. You know what I'm saying? Now, those Adidas cost $23. That's all my mom could afford, right? And that was one pair of sneakers every year. So on the fourth day of school that Thursday, I'm on the bus, and, and uh, I get on the bus at Wilson the Green, and, and, and like uh, maybe seven or eight teenagers uh, came up to me on the bus, on the back of the bus, and 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 the one dude came to me, and he said what well, in New York you never want to hear. Like, if you're from New York, you know what I'm talking about. You never want to hear these words. Yo, shorty, what's your size? What's your size? And so when he said, yo, shorty, what's your size? I was like, my size. So I, I'm 11. You know, I tried to get up or whatever. He pushed me down. He opens up, and he shows me he had a, a 357 Magnum. He had a gun. And I was like, what you going to do with that? Now, on the inside, I'm like dying, scared, right? So he pulls out this gun, puts it to my head, took the sneakers. That was it. I was shaking and all that. So my point is, when I get home, what I really was crying about was, yeah, they robbed me, that's messed up, but I knew my mother didn't have the money to buy me another pair, right? So, so that's really what hurt me. So when my mother bought me something, it meant a lot. And what my mother used to do, and my sister's watching, so she can attest to this, my, my mother used to, like, if she went to the store to buy me some clothes, she would lay it on the bed in my room, and she wouldn't say nothing to me. And I would come home, 
and she would wait. She would follow me into my room, and as I walked into the room, back then we were leads. I don't know if y'all, y'all know nothing about no leads, but if I had me some leads or some DVDs, I don't know about you. See, y'all don't know. Y'all probably like DC people. Y'all know nothing about it. And so, so I had leads and DVDs. Whoa, what's up? You couldn't tell me nothing. And so I, she would lay it out on the bed, and she would just watch me, and it blessed me that she was giving it to me. Now, if somebody had a lot of money, and they gave it to me, maybe it, did, it wouldn't mean the same. But I know that that meant something. I'm telling you that the person who gives you the gift is important. That's, that's why this thing matters. Say there's levels to this. You're like, okay, well, Rick, aren't we in church? What you talking about? You're telling me some good stories and everything, but talk to me. Okay, I got you. I got you. So what's the message for today? As I was praying, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Here's the message. The message is, watch this, the title of today's message, the Lord sent me to tell you that the greatest gift is Jesus. The greatest gift that has ever been given came in the form of a baby, and his name is Jesus. Now, now those four things I just talked about, I'm going to tie that to us today. John 3.16, John 3.16 is the most familiar verse in Scripture. Now, now I will say this, though. It's kind of funny. Before I got saved, I was raised in a church where they didn't teach us no Bible. So I, I knew how to do like, you know, I knew how to stand up, sit down, kneel when I was supposed to and all that. I knew how to repeat things that they would say this and I would say that. You know what I'm talking about. But, but I didn't know no scripture. So I would see all these like football games and people put John 3.16 on like, you know, all, all over the place. And I didn't even know what that was. But the Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is the greatest gift that has ever been given. God loved us to the point where he gave us a gift, and that gift is his own son, his only begotten son. His only one, I mean, like this is the only human to ever be born. Watch this. The only human to ever be born with blood type G. His name is Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's the only one that was ever born, conceived of the Holy Spirit, a spotless lamb, and God gave him as a gift for us. So let's go back to the four things, and we're going to tie it to Jesus now, to the four things. Why is it that gifts impact us on so many levels? Well, I said reason number one, it shows you that you were on their mind. Watch this, Shawana. It shows you that you were on their mind. Now, so let's tie this to Jesus. Let's tie this to God. You were on God's mind. Now, think about that for a minute. So the God who sits on the circle of the earth, do you ever think about this? The God who sits on the circle of the earth, the God who, who said, who spoke the darkness and created light, who spoke the chaos and created order, that God spends time thinking about you. Psalms 8, I want to read Psalms 8. Verses 4 through 6 from the easy-to-read version. Psalms 8, verses 4 through 6 from the easy-to-read. The Bible says, and I wonder, why are people so important to you? Why do you even care about them? Why do you care so much about humans? Why do you even notice them? But you made them almost like gods and crowned them with glory and honor. And you put them in charge of everything that you made. You put everything under their control. God put us in charge of everything that he made. And the Bible says he made on the first day, on the second day, on the fifth. He, he made this. He, he said it and it was. He said it and it was. He said it and it was. And then on the sixth day, he created us and he put us in charge of everything that he created. Why is it that God takes the time to spend time thinking about us? God thinks about you 
And I'm saying that when you get a gift, you have a gift from God. God so loved the world. God loved us. God thought about you. That's, every, that's the cosmos and the ethnos. That's the whole planet and every ethnicity on the planet. God loves everyone everywhere, and he loves us so much that he sent his own son to die for us. God was thinking about you. And watch this, watch this. Let me read Romans 5, verses 6 through 8 from the easy-to-read version. Just listen to this. They're going to put it up on the screen. But I want you to listen to this. Watch this. Because it would be different if you were doing right before God. It would be different if you were trying to earn your righteousness and do everything right. But no, no, we were not doing everything right. The Bible says Christ died for us where, when we were unable to help ourselves. We were living against God, but at just the right time, Christ died for us. Now, very few people will die to save the life of someone else even if that's a good person. Now, someone might be willing to die for an especially good person, but Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. This shows how much God loves us. While he died for us. Watch this, watch this. It would be different if we were trying to do everything right. It would be different if we actually earned it or deserved it. But no, Christ died for us while we were sinners. Look at, look at me. You might be watching online and you might be thinking, no, you don't know. Rick, you don't know what I've done. You, you don't understand all the things that I've done wrong. It doesn't matter. While you have done things wrong and I have done things wrong and everybody in this room has done things wrong, God did not send his son because we're good. God sent his son because he is good. God wants to bless us. God doesn't want to bless us because, because we did everything right. God wants to bless us because God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us because God made plans for us from the foundations of the world. While we were cussing at him, while we were using his name in vain, while we were committing fornication, while we was out there stealing from Brooklyn, you know, we had a five-finger discount. While we were doing all of that kind of stuff, while we were doing things wrong, God sent his son for us. God loves us. God thinks about us. God wants to bless us. And God sent his son to die in our place. Say amen to that. Say amen. All right, number two. Why is it? that gifts impact us on so many levels. Well, number two, I said, it's because it shows that the person thought about you, that the person really gets you, that they understand you. Now, this is a critical one. Watch this. You know why it's critical? Because we thought, now, now, now think about this. Think about the time that Jesus came. Jesus came after 400 years of silence, right? between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus came when people were very religious. Jesus came when the Holy Spirit lived inside of a temple. Jesus came when they had to visit the Holy Spirit in the Holy of Holies. Only one person could go in there once a year, right? So, so, so they, they didn't really know what life was like back in Adam. Back in Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, they didn't really know what it was like when Adam could walk with God in the cool of the day. So they didn't even know what they were missing. And so, so, so we couldn't know. Sometimes you don't know what to ask for because you don't even know how good somebody can be. And so we would have never asked to have what Adam had because we didn't even know that we needed it. And so Adam had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. Adam had a direct connection to the Father. Adam could name something and whatever, whatever he named it, that's what it became. Adam had kingdom, dominion, power, and authority. But when Jesus came, people were not living that way. They were doing uh, routines and rites and rituals. They, they were killing animals and, and turtle doves and bullocks, and they were doing all of these ceremonies. And, and watch this. God said, listen, they don't even know what they need, but I'm sending my son to die for them, and I am going to restore them, not to Abraham. 
I'm going to restore them all the way back to Adam. I'm going to take them to a place where, where I will live inside of them. Where, yeah, yeah, they don't even know the things that I prepared for them, but I'm going to give them my spirit. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the good things that God has prepared for them that love them. But God has revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. I'm going to place my spirit on the inside of them through because of Jesus. Jesus is going to be the repairer of the breach. Jesus will get you out of everything Adam got you into. Uh, Jesus came to restore everything that was lost, to restore everything that was broken. Jesus came and he says, listen, God really gets us. God didn't do it because we were asking for it. God knew what we really needed. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, the Bible says, for God made him, Jesus, to become sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let me explain this. This is kind of like, um, uh, uh, remember the movie Trading Places? <laughs> for those of you that are old enough to remember that movie with Eddie Murphy, uh, uh, remember the movie Trading Places? In places. And so, so basically, he's like, listen, I'm going to do a great exchange. It's almost like you're going to trade places. God took Jesus. Watch this. Watch this. God took Jesus and says, this is the only perfect human to ever live, the only one to never sin, the only one, the only man that never looked at a woman the wrong way. This is our only, this man is perfect and blameless and spotless, and I am inside. He's a God man. And so, so I'm going to take him who knew no sin, and, and, and you guys, every one of you are sinners, and I'm going to take your sin and put it on him, and I'm going to take his righteousness and put it on them. And he says, so now once I'm in Christ, watch this, I'm a, no, I'm a new creature. Everything has changed. So God took his, watch this, Jesus put down his righteousness and clothed himself in my sin so that I can put down my sin and clothe myself in his righteousness. So now I am the righteousness of God in him. God understands me. He understands me enough to where he didn't just give me a gift. He gave me eternal life. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me righteousness and he gave me eternity when he gave me Jesus. Say amen to that. Say there's levels to this. There's levels to this. I got to understand that God gave me all of this. And, and so, so reason number three, reason number three, I said, uh, uh, God's gift, uh, these gifts can impact us on so many levels. Reason number three, I said, is because a real gift is not tied to anything. A real gift is not tied to anything. Romans 11 and 6. I'm going to read this one verse to you from three different translations. I want you to listen. Get this through your ear gates. Romans 11 and 6, King James Version. The Bible says, and if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace would no more be grace. But if it's of works, then it cannot be grace. The same verse from the easy to read version, pop that up there, easy to read. It says, watch this, and if it's by grace, then it, then it is no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if, if, it, if it be of works, then there's no more grace. And then the, the, the Passion Bible the Passion Bible translation, watch this, it says, and since it's by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace. It would be earned by human effort. So what am I saying? I'm saying that a real gift, a real gift, you can't do anything for it. A real gift is not tied to anything. A All you can do with a gift is receive it. A real gift. A real gift. You can't work for it because if you try to work for it, it would be payment. 
If you try, so, so I'm not trying to work for grace. Now watch this. I can't work for grace, but I'm supposed to work by grace. <laughs> and so, 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 so while I'm not trying to work for it, I'm working because of it. I'm not trying to work to earn it, but I'm working because God has been so good to me. But a real gift, I'm saying this is a real gift. God gave us Jesus, no strings attached. God gave us Jesus. Listen, and he said, he said I'm going to put my, myself out there. Even if you hurt me, I'm still going to do it. Even if you turn your back on me, I'm still going to do it. Even if you, if, listen, I refuse. God's love is one-sided. It's not based on what you do for him. Why, even though, even though you can turn your back on him, you can despite him, you can curse God, God will still love you. You did nothing to get God to start loving you, and nothing you can do will ever make him stop. This is the greatest gift. His name is Jesus because there are no strings attached. Say amen to that. All right, last one, last one. Number four, why are gifts so impactful to us on many levels. Well, I told you number four was that the giver matters. It does matter who you get the gift from. I talked about my mama and how my mama would give me gifts. It does matter who you get the gift from. It does matter. And, and watch this, even, even if you flip it, like when your children give you a gift and your children actually wind up giving you a gift from the money that you gave them, right? right? So, but it doesn't matter. It, the fact that they went out of their way. I remember it was a Mother's Day. Uh, uh, Kenneth, it was a Mother's Day, uh, and I was a little boy. I was probably like seven, eight years old. I don't know. And, and uh, I didn't have that much, you know, you know I got like 50 cent uh, on Saturdays was my allowance. And so I could play some video games. And, uh, and so, so I saved up money, and I knew Mother's Day was coming up. And I, I don't even know how I got it, but I had $8. Say $8. $8. I had $8. And I went, and I lived on New Jersey and Sutter. New Jersey Avenue, Sutter Avenue, East New York, Brooklyn. One block away was, uh, was Pennsylvania and Sutter. And, I, and on Pennsylvania and Sutter, there was two uh, pharmacies, like face-to-face. And I went to the one on the left. I go in this pharmacy, and I'm looking around for gifts. I have $8. And there was, there was this little thing that, where, where you could, like, put onions. It was like a little glass container thing. You put some onions or vegetables on there, and you go like this. You, know, you just chop it, like chop, chop, chop. And, uh, and then that's it. Like, you know, that's all it does, right? But I remember my mom used to cut up onions and she would cry. So I'm like, oh, that might be a good gift, right? So, so it, was, it was $7.99. I had $8. So I go to the thing and I go, you know, go pay for it. And they said, well, you got to pay tax. <laughs> so like, you know, with tax is like $8.24 or whatever it was. And, and I was like, well, all I got is $8. And, and the lady at the pharmacy was like, don't worry. I said, this is for my mama. This is for Mother's Day. She's like, all right, don't worry about it. Take it. And so she put it. And I didn't have no, no, no wrapping. No, I had a a paper bag, like a brown paper bag. See, she gave me the brown paper bag. I go home, and I give her that thing, and it was for Mother's Day. And my God, she told everybody. I'm talking about every, everybody that came through the door. Every time, and my mom is on the phone all day long. But every time the phone rang, did you, let me tell you what my son bought me for Mother's Day. And she was telling everybody. Why? Because the giver matters. I'm saying that God thought about you. God gave you a gift. Yes, you're going to get some stuff on Friday. Yeah, you probably have already some stuff under the tree. Half of y'all bought the stuff for yourself and then put it under the tree already. But I'm saying like you, yeah, you bought it for you. But I'm saying, no, no, God got you something. And his name is Jesus. And he sent his son to die for you. Say amen to that. God gave you a gift. God thought about you. And that's, I'm talking, man, isn't it amazing that God loves us so much that he would want to bless us? And he blessed us with his own son. John 3, 16, once again, watch this. Uh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In this text, the giver is God. The motivation is love. The gift is Jesus. The recipients are us. 
The requirement is belief. The reward is everlasting life, and the choice is yours. God loved us so much. Watch this. The Father gave you His Son. The Son gave you His life. And lastly, as I close, the Holy Spirit gives you His commitment. The Holy Spirit is now committed to you, and He's so committed to you that He will not leave you even when you do something wrong. And watch this. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit, I already quoted it from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is because God already made plans for you from the foundations of the world, the Holy Spirit now comes to reveal to you what was prepared for you but concealed from you. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit comes to reveal to you the things that God already prepared for you but were concealed from you. The Father gave you His Son, the Son gave you His life, and the Holy Spirit now is committed to you and He's speaking to you on a daily basis. And He's revealing to you the plans that God made for you from the foundations of the world. And He will never give up on you. He will never turn His back on you. Look at me. Even if you're watching online, even if you've done something wrong, I can't tell you how many people have told me that the Holy Ghost was ministering to them in the club that the Holy Ghost was ministering to them as they were drinking alcohol or taking drugs. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never turn His back on you. He is more committed to you than you're committed to you. Even when, in 2 Timothy, uh, the Bible says that even when we are faithless towards God, God is faithful towards us, for He cannot deny Himself. Let me explain this. Let me explain that verse as I'm wrapping this thing up. God is faithful to us because He cannot deny Himself. When Satan looks at you, Satan sees sin. When God looks at you, He sees His Son. When God looks at you, He sees that you are covered by the blood of His Son, that you are filled with His own Spirit, and that you are called according to the plans and the work and the purposes that He established from the foundations of the world. So when God looks at you, He's seeing His purpose. When God looks at you, He sees your children and your children's children. So for God to deny you, He would have to deny Himself. He would have to turn His back on Himself. That's how committed God is to you. God loves us enough to send us His own Son. The greatest gift is Jesus. As, as I close, back in 1998, that's 22 years ago, 22 years ago the Lord gave me a poem, and I'm going to share it with you. It's called The Christmas Story. Listen to this. Just allow this to minister to you. The Christmas Story. For thousands of years they tried to live a sinless life yet in vain. Perfection eluded them. Too strong was sin's strength. They killed sheep, bullocks, and turtle doves, all as a sacrifice. But nothing that they found to kill could ever really suffice. Once a year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies alone, wishing that for all the people, the sins God would atone. But this practice, at best, could provide a temporary solution. This caused my God in heaven to make an awesome resolution. He came to a lady named Mary, who was a Nazarene. Through her submission to God, his son would come on the scene. He would be born in Bethlehem to fulfill prophecy. The star would shine brightly for the three kings to see. We celebrate his birth on Christmas, but his story doesn't end there. He went on to die on a cross, and now we preach him everywhere. God's Son, yes, became our ultimate sacrifice. Behold, the Lamb of God who paid the precious price. His blood came streaming down that tree on Calvary for the remissions of sins and for the salvation of you and me.
They took him down and buried him in someone else's tomb. Satan thought he had us, but this death would be his doom. Three nights and three days would have to pass by. He's alive! He's not there would be the latest crime. For God rose him from the dead with all power in his hand so that I could be delivered from sin and join the Christian band. So when you open up your gifts on this upcoming Christmas day, please take time to tell your kids the true meaning. And please take time to pray. That's the real story of Christmas. Let's stand all over the building.